Thank you for tuning in to Art to Heart, where we delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. Each episode sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans who bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Tune in for tips on tapping into your creative soul and for more information about upcoming events in the arts community. And I'm your host, Mandy Kolkman. I met this artist last December at the Fillmore on Broadway when he put together a unique evening that fused live musical performances with live drawings into one classy event. He is the lead vocalist of the hit pop rock and R&B band, Soul 35. And here with me today is Jordan Applegate. Thanks for talking with us today, Jordan. Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks. You have an extraordinary talent. Your voice is just incredible. At what age did you realize you could sing? Uh, When I was a kid growing up, I was always singing around the house. And I think uh, when I was in elementary school is when I first started singing like in an organized choir. So I would say probably seven or eight years old when I first realized that I had been given a talent to sing. Yeah, that's pretty young. Did you have any formal musical education? Not at that age. Um, I didn't have any formal education. Actually, I've never had a specific formal education, but when I was 15, I joined the Voices of Unity Youth Choir here locally under the direction of Marshall White. And Mr. White and also a music mentor by the name of Gordon Martin have given me kind of informal training. I saw them last year. They were fantastic. I was blown away and they travel all over the world. Yeah, that's right. We've been on two international tours and this summer we'll be going on our third, but We went to Shaoxing, China in 2010 to compete in the World Choir Games. Um, In 2012, the World Choir Games were held in Cincinnati. And then in 2014, we went to Riga, Latvia for the World Choir Games. And then this summer, we'll be going to on a four-country tour to Italy, Austria, Hungary, and then the Vatican City. That's incredible. So you're still associated with them. Yeah, I'm still active in a... I work with them as a guest singer regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm active as a mentor, and I uh, come back and help with the kids. Um, And then actually this summer, the European tour that we're taking, I've acted as the tour manager, so I'm managing the logistics of the tour. As if you're not busy enough already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Besides performing and rehearsing for all of your performances, you are also the talent acquisition specialist at Sweetwater Sound. What does that entail? Talent Acquisition Specialist, I'm in our Human Resources Department, Um, and and basically what that is, is I'm responsible, um, one of three Talent Acquisition Specialists at Sweetwater, so I'm one of three of us that are responsible for hiring all the open positions over at Sweetwater. So me specifically, I manage the hiring for all of our technical positions, specifically our marketing, merchandising, IT uh, positions, and then I also uh, help with a lot of the hiring of the other businesses that Chuck and Lisa Sirac own as well, such as Lounge Optical, Sweet Cars, and Sweet Aviation. Mm. And you have another title that you just took on, Dad. You have a brand new little boy, and how do you manage your time between your son, your family, your work, the things that you do artistically? Yeah, 
fresh fresh baby boy, five and a half months old, Malachi, and my wife, Heather. Um, she would probably say that I don't manage my time very well. <laughs> um, I seem to overcommit and just say yes to quite a few things. And then usually about every couple months, I kind of hit this wall and just have to <laughs> take a weekend off or uh, my body tells me that I have to stop. But um, truthfully, we're, we're really active in making sure that we're scheduling out. Usually we're scheduling out at least a month in advance so that I can uh, utilize a calendar to make sure that um, I'm prioritizing my time in other areas as well. Having a job like Sweetwater where we truly believe in all of our employees continuing their musical journeys, it really helps. There's flexibility there where it allows me to kind of free up some time. Most of the gigging happens on the weekends and on nights anyways, but if there were to be something that would coincide with work, there's usually a lot of flexibility there. Right. So you mentioned gigging and uh, some of the stuff that you do is on your own and then some of it is also with Soul 35. Yeah. The stuff that I would do solo usually um, would be kind of doing guest singing with the Voices of Unity or uh, sometimes I'll lead worship as a guest worship leader at local churches here. But my primary gigging that happens is with Soul 35. And who are the members of Soul 35? Yeah, so the main members are our drummer, Brian Nellums. He's a, he's a guy who actually, um, if we're getting technical, founded Soul 35. Mm-hmm. So um, Soul 35 started as kind of just a jazz trio where it was drums, guitar, and bass, and they would do a lot of jazz sets. Brian and I have been friends for a while, known each other since the high school days, um, and are connected through the Voices of Unity Choir. So mm-hmm. um, he reached out to me, and he was interested in getting some vocals involved into the band. And this was about two years ago now, but I would kind of just sit in with them and do sets of, you know, two to three songs uh, during their their entire night. Um, we started to get a really cool response adding the vocals. So then Brian asked, you know, hey, why don't we just make this a full-time thing? And it's now to the point where Brian, our drummer, um, kind of manages the music side of things. And then I do the booking and uh, the lead vocalist. So the members would be Brian Nellums on drums, Our guitar player is John Swain, and I'm the lead vocalist. And our bass player, we use uh, quite a few people, actually. So we use Mm. a guy by the name of Christopher Drake Bates. We use a guy, Rob Robinson. Um, And then we also use a guy by the name of Marco Franco. The bass player is up in the air between three or four different people that we utilize, depending on the gig and what style of music we're using. So with the three of you that are constants, what is the dynamic of the group? Do you create songs together? Do you do mashups of original songs and create your own version to perform? How do you create a set list for your performances? All of us speak into kind of the set list and, and what we're going to be performing. Um, a lot of it depends on the like the venue or the event that we're going to be playing and the type of music that they're looking for. Um, A lot of the stuff that we do is uh, soulful infused. So um, anything from Motown all the way through recent top 40 and pop hits, um, everything has a very unique sound. Um, All of us kind of have a different upbringing. So Brian is a drummer who has, has been trained through schooling and takes music lessons still to this day. Um, But he also grew up in Uh, the African-American church, so he has a lot of gospel-influenced sound. Uh, John Swain is a guy who grew up listening to, you know, Beatles and and 70s rock and roll all the way through pop stuff now. And then myself, I'm a vocalist who grew up in multiple choirs, including gospel choirs and madrigal singers. And Mm -hmm. so there's there's this versatility that all of us have that kind of creates this unique sound. Uh, We do a lot of cover music and mashups with covers, 
Um, and we're actually just getting to the point where we're starting to write original music oh, and wow. hoping to release the EP by the fall. And speaking of an EP, you recently released an album on iTunes with your worship team. What was that like for you? So we released an EP about two years ago now and then um, recently released our first full album. So I'm on a worship team actually down in Indianapolis. Mm. Um, I travel on the weekends to go to Heartland Church in Indianapolis and our worship team, our name's Heartland Worship. We released an album of all original music and got a really incredible response. It was it's really humbling to kind of look back and see what happened. We we released and our church really grabbed onto it and shared it on social media and tons of people downloaded. We actually made number three on iTunes top ten oh, for wow. Christian and gospel albums. So congratulations. Uh, yeah, it was a really amazing response and we're still in the process of kind of building marketing material around that and, and hopes to to shop the album around and maybe uh, connect with some individuals where we can do mini tours or get in get into larger churches to share our music. Well, that sounds fantastic. Good for you guys. I mean, it sounds like music has brought you some really fun gigs, including singing the national anthem on national TV, uh, your album, which we just mentioned. And you've collaborated with a well-known artist in Fort Wayne and have had several performances with the Voices of Unity Choir. And then the band also performs and has performed at several venues in Fort Wayne and large events such as Weather the Fort. What has been your favorite opportunity that has come your way from music? There's been a lot of really cool experiences. I would have to say uh, some of the most memorable. You mentioned one, which was being able to sing the na- national anthem on national TV. Uh, I played college football at Ball State University. Um, in the senior night of my, my senior year, I was able to uh, sing the national anthem in full uniform. So that was a really cool experience. It was kind of two passions of mine as a child growing up got to to collide in that one moment. So uh, that was a really amazing experience for me. The most memorable as it relates to uh, kind of the venue or the opportunity that I've had was in 2010 when I traveled to Shaoxing, China with Voices of Unity for the World Choir Games. Uh, we were highlighted as kind of one of the premier choirs and uh, asked to do the opening ceremonies. Oh, wow. And I was honored to be the guest soloist to sing both songs. It was, uh, opening ceremony was about 10,000 people in attendance. It was a massive, like just huge expo hall. And it was on live TV to most of China and a lot of Europe. So they said there was well over millions of viewers on the live TV. So as you can imagine, I was just incredibly nervous. It was since then, most performances uh, haven't been nearly as nerve wracking for me. I can only imagine. So you mentioned that you played football and I know that you also played football here at Snyder High School. And from what I hear, you were pretty good. What made you choose a career in music over a career in sports? Both are difficult to pursue. So I did a pretty good job like in high school juggling the two. Um, I, I spent most of my time pouring into myself more as a, an athlete than I did as a musician. As an athlete, um, I spent a lot of time working out and um, trying to do everything I could to, to get recruited. And then as soon as I got my scholarship to, to Ball State uh, to play there, I, I think kind of a, a switch just flipped, to be completely honest, to where it became more of a a career, like you said. It mm-hmm. was something that I was passionate about and I love doing, and I still love the game to this day, but it became more a job than it did 
uh, something that like I could speak into, you know, the, the sport itself. So when it became more of a nine to five, it seemed that my passion was ignited in the music side of things. So mm-hmm. I was continuing to find opportunities while I was at college to be active in, uh, in the music community there. Um, at that point, it wasn't very robust. There wasn't many opportunities, but every talent show, so like any fraternity or sorority talent show there was, <laughs> I was active in it. Any type of like just local community talent show, like Indiana's Got Talent came through and mm-hmm. I was able to compete in that. So all the while staying connected to the Voices of Unity. So I would come back as a, a guest singer, an alumni singer. I think that naturally it just happened that my passion was a little bit stronger for music the longer that I was involved in, in sports. Truthfully, there's many people that say, you know, you're a huge dude. You should be in the NFL. What happened? <laughs> um, I played on a really good team with a lot of great people. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, it was to the point where I didn't get much playing time. The guy that was ahead of me ended up going to the NFL, oh, to the wow. Detroit Lions. So it was a it was a really cool opportunity and taught me a lot about myself to be able to, to be the guy who coming up through high school was the All-State athlete and four-ride scholarship and uh, it kind of it's true that when you get to the next level you know everyone is just as good as you when I when I became the cheerleader the guy on the bench cheering on the rest of the team it taught me a lot about humility and being able to kind of act as a quality teammate rather than trying to show out for my personal success well I'm sure everyone in Fort Wayne can agree that we're glad that you did choose that route and that you <laughs> yeah, it's been fun yeah that you've taken on the musical side and performed for us you sing a variety of genres. Do you have a preference? I don't necessarily have a preference. I think um, regardless of the genre that I'm in or we as Soul 35 are in, it, like I said, it tends to have a very soulful influence. Um, one really cool thing is we kind of have a roadmap as to what we want the song or the sound to be. Um, and depending on the mood of whatever musician it is um, or me as a vocalist, we do a lot of impromptu stuff. So we rehearse one thing. And usually by the time that we get to the actual show, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, there's there's moments where we, we truly just vibe off of each other. And by a simple look or, you know, a simple hand gesture, we might go into a, a part of the song that is just completely like an impromptu freestyle moment. Um, a lot of it, it really has that soulful influence. And by soulful, I don't mean it sounds white or it sounds black or however you want to look at it. Soulful to us is something where you know it's it's truly part of your being it comes mm-hmm. from a place that is just completely natural as a musician so um soulful to to us i, I once heard one of my music mentors say um, if it comes from the heart it'll reach the heart mm-hmm. so that's kind of the posture that i take as a vocalist when i stand up in front of a microphone at all times and i think if it ever gets to the point where what I'm performing or when I'm singing, it's not coming from the heart. That's probably the time that I need to, to reevaluate if it's something that I want to continue to do. That's great advice. Who has been your musical inspiration? So the two guys that I mentioned earlier, uh, Marshall White and Gordon Martin, uh, both just incredibly talented uh, choir directors and vocal coaches here locally. Both of those guys are people that I can truly say that have just crafted me into what most people see when when I'm gigging. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's a, a really weird yet cool uniqueness about me as a vocalist. Like we talked about, we, we joke and say, you know, I look the part of an NFL football <laughs> player, but um, when I open my mouth it's and, and sing, it's something that you likely wouldn't have any clue would come from someone like me. 
What is the most important piece of advice that you would give to a singer who wishes to perform as often as you do and get his or her name out there? I spent a couple years in Indianapolis and that's how I got connected to the music community down there. And that's how I still do stuff with the worship team down there and also um, solo stuff uh, from time to time. And actually Soul 35, we're starting to do a lot of shows down there as well. I noticed that. Um, What I would say is for the longest, when I moved back to Fort Wayne, I was always making excuses to say, man, I wish that I could play at this place. I would go to dinner at Club Soda and see guys like the Todd Harrell Band or uh, BC Fuzz or these other groups that are playing and saying, man, how do I get in? How do I get my foot in the door? Um, I wish that I knew the person who books this and, you know, kind of always make an excuse for me to continue to go back to Indianapolis Mm. because that was the community that I was connected with. And it wasn't until the time that I actually just said, you know, I'm going to stop making excuses. I I did the easiest route possible um, and just use my personal network, number one, and Mm -hmm. just ask the musicians that I knew locally, how do you go about booking the shows here? Who books for this place or that place? Um, But a lot of the footwork that I did myself, I just pulled up Facebook, the places that I wanted to play. I found um, them on Facebook and I found personal, like, you know, contact information, whether it be the random emails that are sent to just just to get info about the restaurant or the venue. I mean, I just shot out probably 15 to 20 different <laughs> messages and said, hey, this was when I just started with Soul 35 and I told Brian I was going to take care of trying to find us places to book. What I did is I just sent out an email and said, hey, I'm a part of this band. This is the type of music that we play. Really interested in connecting to provide live entertainment. Um, and a lot of the cases... We had to prove ourselves before we could get paid gigs. A lot of places were saying, you know, well, we have people that we know bring a crowd. Do you have a following? And we had to create that organically. Um, so I would say don't, don't allow the fact that you don't have connections now to be an excuse for you. Hit the pavement. Don't be afraid to knock on doors and send emails and, and really just put yourself out there. Because the Fort Wayne arts community is a really tight-knit group. But I think um, what most people will understand is as soon as you get into the community, there's just a wealth of knowledge and people who are willing to help you out in any any way, in any fashion that they can. It seems that you collaborate and perform several times a month. As a fully invested artist in the arts community, what steps should we be taking to grow and reach the next level in the arts world? Fort Wayne as a community is doing things that are pushing us in the right direction, which is really revitalizing the downtown area, cleaning up uh, specific old buildings and old neighborhoods that are uh, allowing new opportunities and and new businesses and and restaurants and venues and things to come in. What we need to do is kind of what I I just alluded to is allow these new up-and-coming musicians and artists and, you know, whether it be visual, performance, music, anything, to have an opportunity to have a platform to showcase themselves, whether it be in business or in arts. Um, So many times we have the, the posture of it's always been this way. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, we don't yeah. necessarily listen to the up-and-coming generation and um, all the cool information and, and fresh ideas that they have. And I think um, the arts community is is one and the same. Music is changing. Arts in general is changing. And I think that as an arts community that we need to uh, provide a platform for new, existing, and, and even older or historical or traditional artists here locally to, to showcase themselves. 
Um, I think the festival series that we have is awesome. I think there's more shows that uh, specific bands or organizations are putting on locally at really cool venues that, that really lend themselves to, to having a platform for, for these artists. Um, but I think as a whole, if, if the community could come together and create those opportunities, it would be, uh, it would be something that would be very beneficial for, uh, for the new and up-and-coming artists. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that you've taken a step in the right direction. One of the events that the Fillmore had recently that was very cool was your Art and Soul event this past December. And it was really interesting to find out that not only are you very artistic, but you have a brother who is very artistic as well. And you used both your talents and his talents to create a really cool event. What was that evening like for you? Yeah, that was uh, an evening in the making for actually quite a few years. So uh, my brother Jared, who's a visual artist, painter, and drawer, he and I have always thought, you know, we've truly believed that God has blessed us with these artistic gifts to do something really special with it. And we also we we often thought that that wasn't to do something individually. We we thought, hey, we're brothers, and we've been blessed with these gifts for a reason. We think that we should like find a way that each of us can do our own thing, but it can be a dual effort and kind of a a team and family thing. It just so happened that it came at a point where at Soul 35, we were thinking, you know, hey, we're we're really getting to the point where we love these regular places that we're we're booking and these venues, but what if we hosted our own event? We're getting to the point where we have a following that um, we thought that it would work well. So thinking about hosting our own event, we knew that if it was going to be a ticketed event, that it was going to it would need to have something special about it in order to sell tickets. So that's when kind of this idea of why don't we do a fusion of live music and live art all in one. So what we did is we connected with the incredible people at the Fillmore (laughs) and decided to book a date where we could utilize the venue and um, kind of pitch this idea of this brand new event um, that would uh, allow my brother Jared to, to utilize the space to showcase his art but also to do a live performance piece on stage while our band played. And also we involved some of our friends with the Alicia Pyle Quartet. Right. And uh, they opened the night and Jared started doing his live drawing during their set. And then about mm-hmm. halfway through our set, um, towards the end of the night, his drawing was complete. Um, we utilized the space to showcase some of his art. He was able to sell the piece that he did live and a couple other pieces. Oh, so awesome. it was um, it was something that just kind of had a, a new and a different flair to it where you're not coming and having a meal and just listening to music or you're not just going to an art gallery or an opening um, and having hors d'oeuvres. It was kind of two worlds meet, created a really cool energy. Right. Well, we hope you do something like that again. That was very fun for us and, as you said, very unique and different. What other events or goals do you have for either yourself or the band within the next few years? Yeah, we actually want the Art and Soul to become a series. Um, We have plans to have two a year. So one would be the one in December around uh, the holiday season that we did this past year. Um, Our hope is that we can also do one in the summer that would act more as kind of a mini music festival. Um, So myself, Brian, and John... We're all Sweetwater employees, and we're connected to quite a few musicians at Sweetwater and quite a few bands. So the hope is that 
um, we can create art and soul for the summer and it becomes a music festival where we can get involved uh, multiple bands and then also Jared and his connection to the to the local visual art community that we can get a couple artists to be involved as well finding out of the box opportunities and ways to really unify the arts community I feel like we're very compartmentalized mm. where the musicians kind of stick to themselves and there's not really much crossover with with the other art forms so right. even even if that means, you know, getting uh, dance involved in some shows or the visual art that we've already talked about, but finding ways to kind of unify the arts community. And do you have any upcoming events where we can catch Soul 35? Yeah, we're gigging. Um, we actually have quite a few private events this month, which is really cool that we're trying to, to get into that sector as well, private events and weddings. Um, we love uh, the ability to to kind of get in a different venue that's not a bar or a restaurant mm. and, and really showcase our talent. Um, but we are going to be at Tui's Winery the 29th of April. Um, and then the following night, April 30th, we're at Club Soda. The one that we're really excited about is May the 12th, we're performing in the Fort Wayne Music Festival down at Headwaters. Oh, wow. Um, and actually, it'll be fun because we're all, we were all born in the 80s, but grew up with the 90s music mm-hmm. and we're performing at 90s night. So we get to do <laughs> the cheesy 90s music that we yes. all grew up on. So that'll be fun. Um, but those are the, the three that are, I guess, uh, coming up here quickly. And you guys are on Facebook, and we can find you at Facebook yep. backslash Soul35? Yep. Facebook.com uh, backslash Soul35music. Music. Okay. And then are you guys on Twitter? We are not. We're not on Twitter or Instagram or any of that yet, which is just Oh, my gosh. You're bad millennials. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if anyone's interested in getting more information or finding out how to – book us, um, you can get us at soul35music at gmail.com as well. Great. It was fantastic having you today, and I learned a lot, and I really appreciate you spending the time with me and sharing your information about you as well as your band with the listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to, to be a part of something cool like this and excited for what you're doing in the arts community just through your podcast and um, all the events that you guys are hosting at the Fillmore. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. And we'll be sure to check you out at the end of this month as well as May. Great. Thank you. I'm going to end today's podcast with a quote by John Legend. Soul is about authenticity. Soul is about finding the things in your life that are real and pure. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.